Hey, this is Johnny Egan. And if you really want to learn how to level up your life, you should be listening to the Time to Shine Today podcast with my good friend, Scott Ferguson. Time to Shine Today podcast, Varsity Squad. This is Scott Ferguson. And welcome to episode 258 with my good friend, uh, John Egan. Um, he's a former addict. A uh, hell of a story you're about to hear. Very dark. Uh, but he comes out as a beacon of light um, and really, really leveled up his life and he's daily and I mean every single day helping others level up, take responsibility and really making that next level move to just greatness for yourself because it is in there and you don't have to rely on substances and, and anything outside of who you are. So I'm really not going to go too long in this introduction because I want to get into this interview if you know anybody that's suffering with any addictions, please let us make a warm introduction to John or just reach out to Time to Shine today and we can put you in touch as well. So without further ado, here's my really good friend, John Egan. Let's level up. Time to Shine Today podcast, Varsity Squad. This is Scott Ferguson. I got kind of a homeboy here. Um, we're both down in South Florida. I'll, I'll mention that much. He's a really good friend of mine that is went through hell and back. We'll just start there. I'm going to let him share his story. His name is John Egan, and he's a person that's in long-term recovery who's found the darkest moments are the beacon of light for others seeking a new way to love. And you've heard other, we're going to probably get a little candid on some of our conversation here. It's going to, um, you could take us down a little bit of a dark path, but and again, it's time to shine today is the name of the show squad. So um, we, he, he helps people shine now. And what better place did it to come from than somebody that actually has went through that hell and back and he, he's walked the talk and, and however that cliche goes. So John Egan, please come on, introduce yourself to Time to Shine Today podcast varsity squad. But first, what's your favorite color, John, and why? Blue, blue. Um, blue. Yeah, my uh, the I have blue eyes and they come through. My my parents have blue eyes and they were they were an asset growing up. They're, they're um, people always bring notice to them, so I yeah. just kind of fell in love with blue. I love it, dude. And you're also like, you know, if you're if you're watching our YouTube channel or whatnot, he's like pulled right off the cover of GQ magazine, dude. The dude is like a handsome <laughs> mofo. So, but uh, no, seriously, John, let's get into a little bit of the roots. And you can, we we talked off camera, off mic. You know, you can share. I know you're an open book. You share with me. I, I want to. I want this squad out there of listeners to yeah. hear your story. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, where do we begin? I just uh, so I was uh, uh, I was a guy that kind of always thought I needed to be the best. Uh, my parents never told me that. I just had this like distorted belief. Um, and because I wasn't the front of the newspaper athlete like my siblings, I just was going to be the best student. So. Uh, I always joke around. My mom brings it up often. I was uh, in seventh grade. I knew I was going to be taking Spanish in eighth grade. So I was watching Univision that summer just to have an edge on, <laughs> right. uh, edge up. Um, and like, I was a straight A student. I actually got an academic scholarship to college. Um, and I don't say that to brag. I say that almost because my addiction, I found out was always smarter. I was way, I was, I was too smart to be an addict. I could not be that. Um, and yeah, addiction doesn't care how smart you are. I've actually never met anyone too dumb to get sober, but I met a lot of people that I think they're way too smart for it. So. Wow. So how'd you say that too dumb to get sober? I've never met anyone too dumb to get sober. You know, uh, it, it's, it's not rocket science. Um, it actually is very, it's a very simple path. It just takes a lot of internal work, I believe. Um, you know, we got this like 
internal discord that says I'm not good enough. I'm always comparing myself to others. The world's out to get me. This one's doing that. Um, and I just, I always found relief in the substance. So, and before I knew it, it had become, I just become dependent upon it. Wow. And so is there any kind of some crazy stories that you kind of went through <laughs> during your finding relief in the substance? Yeah. Um, so I did the whole, so I was a very successful, uh, six figure kind of, um, I was developing software around the world and then became an investment banker. And uh, on paper, everything was perfect. And for a while, the drinking and the drugs amplified my life. Mm -hmm. uh, it made me a better salesperson. It made me funnier. It made me wittier. It made me better in bed. It made me the po most popular. Um, but it, I didn't realize that it was that it was kind of a lie. Um, and lo and behold, you know, kind of just like a lot of people's story, what was once a luxury became a necessity. And uh, I don't remember when, but it was, I just needed it to, to get through a day. Um, I had found myself out in Arizona. Uh, I, I, this was kind of one of my darkest moments. I found myself in Arizona and I went to a rehab uh, because I'd burn all my bridges. And I think at that time I wanted to be sober, but I didn't really know how to. Um, and me and a guy, we just decided we were going to go get high one more time and do what we always did and, and say, I'm sorry, and please let me back. And I don't know what happened, but uh, we went down to Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, we found what we were looking for. Um, he took a hit and kind of like bugged out, as they say, you know, he sure. kind of like got a little weird. And I was like, I do not want to get high with this guy. And I was just, so I, so I went off and I continued to use, and I was just going to use that day and, and go back. And uh, one day became five and a half months on the streets. And um, at first I was the cardboard sign on the side of the road. Um, and then it kind of led to uh, the sex industry. And um, I violated every sexual value I've ever held dear uh, for five, $10. Wow. And that was uh, all the things I never, you know, like when I'm talking about being intelligent, it's not a very intelligent move to compromise your value system for money. But um, anyone that's ever worked in the sex industry, you kind of, you do something for money to forget about what you just did for money. But then you come down and you got to do it again. And, and so, it all, um, yeah, all circles back to that necessity, right? That necessity yeah. of the luxury and finding relief in that substance. So you were doing what you felt, no matter if it broke your moral barriers, doing what you had to do to get to where you wanted to be at that time, right? Yeah, I think there's a misconception that like drugs and alcohol are the problem. Um, to me, they were they're always a solution. It's a solution that works temporarily. Sure. But it's never the problem. Me wow. thinking it's not going to get that bad is the problem. Uh, but it's never that it's not the drink or the drug that's the problem. It's me thinking it's not going to be exactly the way it's been every time, you know, when I'm only going to have one or. I, I joke around when you hear people say, um, yeah, let's go get a drink. You know, so, hey, you want to go get a drink on Friday? Just by that statement alone, no. I never want a uh, of anything. I want lots of everything. Um, so even just that, but no, yeah, I can't successfully use. I, I, I One leads to a million, and then I do things against my value system, and I want to kill myself. So. Wow, man. It takes a man to, like, actually say that and admit that. You know, because most of us men are like, oh, I can handle, I can handle. And you've obviously have sought the help out. And can, can you tell a little bit of story about the 
maybe the last time that you decided to yeah. find that luxury and use, and then how you, lack of a better term for the listeners out there, get clean? Yeah, so um, after being homeless, uh, I do remember reaching out. I'd, um, I do remember reaching out um, and asking for help again. And um, my parents flew me home. And I swore, you know, like the darkness, because they thought I was dead. They, they were searching for me. I never like vanished for five months. Um, and so I was just like, it was so bad. I was just, I just knew I would never be able to use again because it was, it got that bad. And uh, I, I landed in Philadelphia and my father gave me a job and I was making six figures again. And I got paid once and I did it again. So it was almost like even me swearing I was never going to do it. And by that point with the pain that I put everyone through, my only decision was to kill myself. And so August 15th of 2007, I tried to poison myself and um, God had a different plan that day. And I, I, don't, I don't shy away from that word anymore. I didn't believe in God for a while, but God had a different plan for me today, that day. For you. And um, yeah, lo and behold, I, I actually began my journey then. Um, but as I come to find out, I really knew nothing about what sobriety was. I just wasn't using and uh, to me, they used to be synonymous. Like if I don't smoke crack, I'm sober. If I don't drink, I'm sober, but actually it has nothing to do with, to me, sobriety means kind of a new lifestyle. And uh, I learned a lot of lessons that way as well. What, what kind of stuff is included in that new lifestyle of sobriety? Uh, obviously outside the <laughs> yeah. obvious of not using. Yeah. Uh, so my whole life used to be on, I want what I want and I want it now. And I'm going to kind of manipulate or charm anyone to get through it. Um, if I'm stronger than you, I will take it by force. And if I'm weaker than you, then I will just manipulate you. Manipulate. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I'll, I'll steal your stuff and then help you look for it. I know that a whole, um, mm -hmm. you hear that often, but actually I remember, it, you know, I, I took something from someone and he was like, where is it? And I was like, I don't know. Let's look for it. But it was in my pocket. But I'm, of course, I have to be the nice guy looking for it. Um, right. So, yeah. So the, the, the lifestyle that I, I choose to kind of live today is kind of based on like principles of integrity and discipline and responsibility and accountability. Uh, I didn't know that when I stopped using in August. Um, and so I, I kind of, you know, whether you want to call it a dry drunk or a scumbag or, <laughs> um, Whatever it was, I was still hurting people, not using, not realizing that I was hurting people, not using. Um, wow. So I like so I put the the drugs down, but I was continuing to be very selfish and entitled and do things that were illegal. So, was there like a moment where you're like, "Wait a minute, this is bullshit." What I'm doing, and yeah, <laughs> like what made you come into the new lifestyle? Because where you're at right now, I'll, if you want to share where you're at right now and with helping people, that's fine. But you're at a pretty high level area dealing with some high level clientele yeah you know um, so it's you know it, it's like what made that say someone's going to hire you to do that after what you went through so i um being i i just used the word scumbag in early recovery but basically sure. just kind of living in selfishness in early recovery i finally met someone that kind of called me on my um bs Right. You can say it. We're and, fine. Oh, yeah. yeah. He called me on my shit. And sure. I, he asked me what I did for a living. And I think it was like seven or eight months abstinent. Right. I, like I said, I don't say sober. And uh, I had dressed up the outside. Right. So I had the Gucci belt and the Gucci shoes and the really nice, you know, Hemi with the, the sports car with the tinted wind. 
I look, I am, it's embarrassing to look back at, but anyhow, I like dressed up the outside because the inside was still broken. And uh, he asked me what I did for a living. And I told him, um, and in my head, I developed software, but in reality, I was working for a company that was a complete scam. Uh, so he told me, he's like, he's like, well, you're a thief still. And I was like, I'm not a thief. I'm a, I'm a software developer. And uh, he laid it down and he's like, no, you're a thief. And uh, I, and he said, he doesn't work with thieves. And if I wanted to kind of have some integrity for the first time, I would walk away from that business. And it was, took a, it took a bit, but um, there was something about what he said. And I, I kind of walked away and I put myself back into school and I became a clinician in the state of Florida uh, to actually help other people that struggle with drugs. Um, and that kind of went on for the next five years. I was a certified addiction professional. I was working as a primary therapist at a facility. And um, I, had, I was married at the time and I had a baby along the way. And then a, uh, a car pulled up outside, you know, then all the other stuff, like the material stuff, the house and all that. But that's, that's not kind of where the value, I find so. value today. Sure. It's nice to have, but that doesn't, absolutely. You know, that's only yeah. temporary. Uh, and so I'm outside my house and this car pulls up and they said, um, are you John, e John Thomas Egan? And I said, and I was like a little bit weird that you knew my middle name, but I didn't really think anything of it. I was like, yeah. And they said, oh, you're served. And so that mm. company I worked for in the beginning of my recovery um, was being indicted by the federal government. Oh. So um, that was my first legal issues, uh, even in my crack addiction and, and alcoholism i never kind of had legal issues sure and here i am five years sober and i was facing uh, i was facing 27 years in a maximum security prison wow. um yeah it was it was wild um and you so didn't the, turn back to using that's the so that's the most amazing kind of if i have any message for anyone who's struggling or might be facing some legal issues right. um, don't not know how they're going to stay sober the path of recovery that I had entered at that point, um, the obsession was lifted. And wow. um, even when I was facing that heavy prison time, the thought of using never crossed my mind. Sure. I know, and I'm not cured, and I don't know what tomorrow may bring, but I, I was really faced with a. And so it was kind of neat is, uh, I, that was if I went to trial. So I ended up taking a plea deal, and I got charged with 60 months, um, and I went to prison sober. And, wow. um, it was everything I didn't want to do. Um, I was scared. Sure. Um, but what I didn't realize is that I guess God needed me to carry a message of hope into the penal system because there's a lot of me in there, like a lot of sure. people that use and, and struggle with, 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 with drugs and substances are in prison. And so, uh, even though I didn't want to be there, I was kind of, I guess, God's vessel in there to carry a message of hope, no matter what. Uh, and then in, in the end, it all ended up being the best. It's the best blessing I've ever had because my pain is now useful for someone. Yeah, that, that's, that is incredible. Wow. So pain is useful for someone. Now, when you left or you, you made it through that, we'll call it a debacle of the situation. And a what, blessing did, or a debacle. Yeah. Yeah. Blessing <laughs> or a, a, a de blessing. We'll call it a de blessing. Right? De blessing. Sure. <laughs> but uh, so like you built up through your friend that kind of held you accountable, your, your, your principles, integrity, dis, uh, discipline, accountability. Uh, like when, when you went and made it through that de blessing and you're at kind of where you're at now, how do you view the people coming in 
to get clean? And is there any good questions that they should be asking of their, their, their sponsor even? Is there any yeah. good question they should be asking their sponsor that they never do? Uh, so there, I've learned, and my father kind of, he, he used to, he used always to say, there's no, there is no easy way. Sure. There's no easy way. All of the greatest things you ever will find in your life will come through hard work. And of course I was like, ah, dad, you know, I didn't listen, but right. it's, the, it's the truth. Uh, if you're new in recovery and there's, there's no shortcuts. No. So if you're, if you're in a high sales position and you're, and you're selling dirty or you're lying to get the sale or you're kind of living in an, whatever you want to have, you know, morality takes a big compass. But if you're deceiving people to get ahead, I would argue that you're not sober, you're abstinent. Um, Got it. Sober people, sober people don't hurt people. Sober people have to live on a new set of principles of like, how can I be most useful to you? How can I be most useful in this world that is like not what I want, but what's best for everyone else? Um, and that kind of like shift in a mindset, it, it makes all of our obstacles op opportunities. It makes all of our pain useful to be able to be used by someone else. Um, you know, you've always heard, you know, you put your hand on a stove, you can learn from it. But sure. like, if I watch you put your hand on the stove, I can learn from that too. So uh, anytime <laughs> I meet anyone in early recovery and they are, you, you know, right away, right. right? They're, they're, they're womanizing or they're uh, hurting their, they're stealing from target or sure. they're at a call center and they're lying to people. Uh, I just kind of let them know, like, listen, I'm not here to judge you. I'm just letting you know, this is pro possibly what could happen. Are you willing to pay for the consequences or are you actually willing to right. learn a new way of life? Not just put the drugs down and be a scumbag. I hope that word is not offensive, but you know, like, no. when I'm using, there is nothing I won't do to get my next one. Sure. I will hurt you. I will kill you. I, I don't want to kill you, but I will if I have to, to get it. Mm -hmm. And so then that old like hurting people to still get what I want. It's not a sober lifestyle. Right. So. And it's, and, and you're basically living not sober. You're living abstinent. Absolutely. Because there's so much more that goes into sobriety. I, I love that. Thank you, John, that's the first time I ever. And I grew up in an household where my dad was an alcoholic from Vietnam. And, it, you know, he had bad, bad. He's 40 years, almost 40 years sober now. And he has high integrity, solid discipline. But it was, I, I went through, I lived, I was that lost child, that middle child, you know, that had that in the family model. So yeah. interesting. So, John. Have you seen the movie Back to the Future? All right, let, let's get in that DeLorean with Marty McFly. Let's go back <laughs> to the 22-year-old John. Yeah. What kind of knowledge nuggets, as we call him here at Time to Shine today, what kind of knowledge nuggets are you dropping on the 22-year-old John to maybe help him level up, shorten his learning curve, and blast through? This might surprise you. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't mess with anything. Nothing. Absolutely Good. not. I was hoping there's, there's, you were going to say that. Dude. There's a re there's a reason. Yeah. So um in the course of going to prison, my first marriage um did not work out. Sure. And uh all those like the feelings I felt like betrayed, abandoned, all that, right? Um what I didn't realize was that was also a blessing as well, because when I got out um and then moved around, I actually ended up meeting my current wife. Mm -hmm. Um 
and we have a we have a, a child as well. And so every time I look at my little kid Finn, if I changed anything in the past, I would never have Finn. If I look, if I if I didn't go to prison, I wouldn't be able to possibly be of service to somebody facing legal stuff now. Right. Uh, the most amazing thing about um, what I've learned through it all is my ownership of my part has allowed me to be in a place of forgiveness, to allow actual true peace and serenity for all parties. Like my, my oldest son with my ex-wife, we actually all kind of do, we, <laughs> people ask all the time, like, what do you mean you have family dinner? Well, why wouldn't we? Sure. Like if my, um, my, my oldest knows that I still love his mom, mm -hmm. we're just not together. Right. Um, love in a so different like, way. Absolutely. Yeah. So we actually have this like blended family where, um, you, actually this week, this year is the first year we're not doing joint Halloween, but we always, we always do our holidays together. We're actually going to do Christmas together, which you wow. would think was weird, but it's going to be myself, my wife, my, and my two boys, and then mm -hmm. my ex, her husband and their new kid. And like, we're just going to kind of That's celebrate cool. holidays together. Yeah. That's awesome. That, that's yeah. an awesome family model to really build on. And it shows that forgiveness, not only for yourself, but all the other people and everything in your life. So John, how do you want your dash remembered? That little line in between your incarnation date and your death date. How do you want that dash in your tombstone remembered, brother? Um, you know, there's a quote, and I, I, I'm not smart enough to come up with it myself. But You're fine. I, I, love the, I love the I may not be what I want to be, but at least I'm not who I was. Uh, like this continual growth my perceptions change constantly. My experiences change, which kind of alters my reality. Uh, but if I can be a better human being today than I was yesterday, that's then awesome. it was kind of, it was kind of worth it. Um, that's awesome, bro. Yeah. So, what are we doing to change? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So John, what, sorry, I asked this. What, what keeps you up at night, John? <laughs> a baby that doesn't sleep. Ah. Uh, I will. I, I, you know what? I, I don't know. It's kind of funny you say that. I talk about this often. Sure. So in my own journey of wellness, I kind of had to uncover kind of some garbage in the past and kind of put it into its proper place. Sure. Uh, but that that's like the work that I've needed to do. Um, to kind of like look at my part and all of my issues and resentments and hatreds. And like I, I own a part in all that. Sure. Um, the work that I've done allows me to have a conscious free pillow. Um, Love it. I used to, I used to be a pillow flipper, you know, 22 times. And right. what I didn't realize is that I was just anxious and stressed about, I don't know, something stupid I said in eighth grade or right. the job that I'm going to have next week. Like I was never in the present moment, but, um, as a sober man today, I, I sleep very peacefully. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. I love that conscious free pillow, man. I actually wrote that down. That's fantastic. So what do you think then, John? people misunderstand about you the most? Hmm. Oh, wow. We're going to go there. So I never realized I was a, um, I was not, I wasn't a fat kid, but I wasn't in shape as a kid. Right. And I didn't realize that I suffered with an eating disorder. Um, wow. I was bulimic in, in high school. Wow. Man. And I never realized, like, looking back that my cocaine addiction was just an offshoot of my eating disorder. You know, because when you're doing cocaine, you don't eat, so I don't have to worry about being fat. And then when I got sober, now I've become this, have to go to the gym every day. Sure. And what I, you know, this, 
this kind of like extroverted dynamic personality that I, and I, 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 I embrace it. I'm, uh, but it really is this like starved little boy who was ignored, you know, okay. because he wasn't on the front of the newspaper. And so I have to realize that my personality is still, I still have a lot of what they call inner child work to do. And there's moments that I'm okay and everything's great. And there are the other moments that um, maybe I come off a little abrasive or arrogant or what have mm. you, but all it is, is sure. it's just, it's just uh, Hey, look at me. It's the middle child. Like, right. Hey, I'm right. over here. I'm here, dude. And you, you could be paying attention to me, but it's not enough attention. Right. And so <laughs> I know that that might bother um, some people. The other thing I think um, I was in nicknamed the rainbow farter. Sometimes um, I walk around with a smile a lot. Right. I laugh a lot. Uh, and it's, <laughs> right. People that are upset have issues with people that are happy. Um, but my truth is I am truly joyful today. Good. Um, good. The world is a beautiful, beautiful place. It um, is. John. It is. So tell me, let's take our cell phone out of this equation, our laptop, our tablets, everything quickly. What are three things that John can't live without? Uh, there's a book, um, that I read often, uh, so it's from a secret society. Mm -hmm. Um, my wedding ring. Nice. Means a lot to me. Good. Um, toothbrush. <laughs> my man, give them curly, curly whites, get them going. Well, I, I say that, uh, when I was homeless, uh, so I was a, I was a, a crack, I was a, I was a crack whore by every definition of that, that right. statement. Um, but the people that I got high with that were also homeless, didn't have teeth. And, um, even though I was literally eating out of a dumpster with them, uh, they had an issue, not wow. me because I had my teeth. Um, so it's almost like this dress up the outside, yeah, the inside still broken, but even, even that yeah, being homeless, um, my toothbrush was the sole possession I had. And, uh, yeah, my, so my toothbrush proud. is important to me. Yeah. Proud. You're proud about with that. Absolutely. So. Yeah. John, what do you think that your actually, what is your definition of a life well lived? A life well lived. I mean, how many people can I help today? Love it. Right? Yes. Everybody should ask that, in my humble opinion. You know, I wake up every day, and part of my intention is to make two people minimum smile. You know, and because I'm a rainbow farter, bro. I mean, I love life. I love people. Trust, I have my freaking problems, man. And I got them every day on the daily. But it's it's like this too shall pass, man. And I overlap my happiness. That's why I teach the people that I coach. You know, like if you and I are going to go to lunch and you'll be like, oh, man, I'm meeting Fergie for lunch. That lunch is going to end. You are happy to meet me. That yeah. lunch is going to end. You have to keep doing shit that's going to make bring happiness into your life. And that's sure. what I really believe in. I think that that's what you do for people from my humble um, aspect Appreciate and it. time to shine today. Podcast varsity squad. It's Scott Ferguson. We are back with my good friend, John and John, you, John Egan, a recovery, a former addict, a true sobriety uh, person lives sobriety right now. And, and John, you and I could talk an hour on each one of these questions, but you have five seconds with no explanations. Got it. You ready to rock? I think so. Let's do this. And they're all, they all can be answered. What's the best leveling up advice that John's ever received? Uh, your pain's the greatest blessing. 
Yes. Share one of your personal habits that contributes to your success. Praying every morning on my knees. Thank you for saying that. You see me, I'm in my doldrums. You're like, man, Fergie just doesn't seem like he's, he's feeling it today. What book might you hand me? Uh, Victor Frankl's uh, Search for Meaning. Man for, man's, uh, Search for Man's freaking one of the best books. He sits on my mantle and has been there. John, what's your most commonly used emoji when you text? Uh, the two eyes as I mess with some friends. <laughs> love it, love it. What was John's New Year's resolution? I don't, I don't have Me a New Year's, res- I don't right do New Year's resolutions. Um, Me neither. Chess or checkers? Uh, I'm going to say chess because I don't know it well. Beautiful. Is there any charity and organization you like to give your time or money to, John? Uh, anything with veterans. Love it. Well, thank you for saying that. Hear that, my fellow vets? Awesome. Last question, and you can elaborate on this one a little bit, John, but what is the best decade of music, 60s, 70s, 80s, or 90s? Oh God, classic rock. So the end of the, I'm going to, I'm going to be a, uh, um, it's the end of the sixties into the seventies. Definitely Beatles stones. Love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. I mean, yeah, get some great taste, brother. Awesome. John, leave our squad with one last knowledge nugget that we can take with us, internalize and take action. on. Um, there are no, there are no conditions on spiritual principles. Uh, so I will stop. I, my advice is stop saying I'll love you if I'll forgive you if I'll respect you if uh, just put a period after the principle. I love period. I forgive period. I respect period. I love that, man. I love, love, love that. And squad, I know you've loved this episode with my good friend, John Egan. And, you know, someone that would compare himself to his sibs, his siblings, you know, in and he found and, and worked out in different ways for himself, you know, and he never he dropped so many knowledge nuggets that I'm just going to kind of go through my three pages of notes here and pick out my favorite ones. But you're there's he's never met anyone that's too dumb to get sober. That really stood out to me. You know, he finds that people are finding relief in the substance. Luxury becomes a necessity. Drugs are not the problem. It's a temporary solution to a much bigger problem. You know, August 15th of 2007 was a huge date for him. And I'm so proud of him. And he'll tell you that, you know, sobriety you know, it's, it's a lifestyle. It's, it's principles, it's integrity, it's discipline, it's accountability. Just because you don't drink doesn't mean you're sober. There's other aspects that go into that. And he'll remind you that in recovery, there are no shortcuts. You've got to own it. You got to do the freaking work and get in there and surround yourself with the people like John that can help you take that next step. You know, you want you to own yourself so you can Take come from a place of forgiveness, forgive yourself, forgive others, you know, and he'll say that he might not be what he wants to be, but he's not who he was. And that is key in everybody's life. You know, he wants you to sleep on a conscious free pillow. I freaking love that. You know, he says pain is our greatest blessing. And then there's no conditions on spiritual principles. It's like, if I say, you know what, honey, I, I forgive you for, you know, letting the dog poop on the floor, but no, just forgive you know, just forgive and love and fill it. And that's what we say here at Time to Shine today. And I'm so humbled and so grateful uh, to have interviewed John. He was so transparent. So it was beautiful what he laid out. He, I love this guy's guts. He's earned his varsity letter here at Time to Shine today. Thank you so much for coming on, John. I can't wait to talk to you soon. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate Chat it. Soon. God you bless bet. everyone. Bye Thank now. You. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Time to Shine Today podcast. Probably brought to you by Sutter and Nugent Real Estate. 
Real Estate Excellence, who can be reached at 561-249-7266 and online at www.sutterandnugent.com. If you are a business owner or professional who would like to be interviewed on Time to Shine Today, please visit timetoshinetoday.com slash guest. If you like this episode, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's a link in the show notes to our website. Also there, you will see our recommended resources. We hope that you will support our show by supporting them. If you like what you've been listening to, it'd be great if you could just give us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe while you're at it. I'm your host, Scott Ferguson, and until next time, let's level up. It's our time to shine.